shot first. Come on, grab your friends. We're gonna talk about Star Wars and stuff with Connor Oled and Andrew Roman. The fun will never end. Greeter shot first. Vector Prime was ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I it was the first time I ever actually got to read it or listen to it rather, and uh, it's heavy. <laughs> it's it like it was a lot heavier than I expected it to be. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> but otherwise, uh puta, everybody. Hello and welcome to Greedo Shot First. My name is Connor. I'm Andrew. And we're here to talk Star Wars, all things Star Wars, and anything even closely related to Star Wars. Andrew, how you doing today, man? I'm pretty good. This was a legit cold open. Like, I was like, oh, are we actually going? And Ah, what the yeah, hell? We're, I mean, we're actually going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's I, good. I like it. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I mean, not to put a pun lightly, I'm feeling a bit fatigued today. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, I can understand the fatigue. I, we had a long weekend. That's why we're, we're getting at this a day later than, than normal. Yeah, we're both pretty busy. And... Although the exciting part is that we I'm not going to have to spend a whole week editing it to get it up. That's also true. Uh, Andrew is... I've uh, been lucky enough to get some new uh, equipment for us, so hopefully this will mean that we can start doing episodes almost weekly, if you know, or just yeah. when we feel like it. I mean, yeah, exactly. We can drop in a lot easier, and you know, if if we have even like a few minutes that we want to talk about something, like we can, it's it won't be as much work on my end. And uh, now we're both on the same track, so it feels yes. more fluent. There's no yeah. echoing or anything anymore. Yeah, it won't so. sound like we're pr- like talking in front of a live audience although i kind of time we left i did kind of like that a little bit at least like I, I mean particularly when i listened to the very first episode and i brought up empire strikes back and it was just our reactions oh, 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 oh <laughs> it no. sounded like there was a whole studio yeah, yeah like the entire studio went crazy you're like you freaking crazy but I mean, which i think anyone would agree i i, I did sound crazy for that yes. but yeah i but, can't forgive you for that <laughs> regardless um, as I said, we're here to talk, uh, all things Star Wars and, uh, you know, we, uh, we asked everybody out there for a little help on what we should talk about today. So, you know, in, in lieu of a list or a, uh, a review or anything like that, we're kind of just going to go, you know, off the cuff and, uh, you know, just, just talk anything that comes to mind really, you yeah. know? Yeah. So. I think it'll, think it'll be exciting. This, this would be an interesting challenge for us. I think. I know. I, I I feel like we threaten this all the time. We're like, we could talk all the time about Star Wars, but now it's like, all right, we don't really have, we have a list and, you know, a little outline, but, you know, we don't have anything to kind of go off of. But, you know what? I mean, we both love Star Wars enough. I feel like that it's just, it's not going to be too difficult, you know? No, I would agree. I, I mean, I, as much as anything, I just hope that we don't kind of get running long on this one or anything. No, like fair that. enough. The, the last one was longer than I thought it was going to be, but I mean, that was never a bad thing. You know, I think I think a lot of people enjoyed that one. Yeah, and, yeah I agree. So. I think we got a lot of, lot of positive feedback, a lot of new uh, followers and, and new likes on Facebook, which was really exciting. So, yeah. so th- welcome anybody who is just tuning in for the first time or yeah. whatever the case may be. Yes, thank you for listening. Uh, I know uh, I... Uh, introduced a few people at a at an event uh i think i had on friday so i'm just trying to spread the word as much as i can hopefully you guys do the same always check out our facebook greedo shot first podcast and give us a like check us out on itunes and all that kind of stuff and uh you know if you ever want us to talk about anything in particular please drop us a comment send us yeah, a message i mean absolutely we're, we're totally open to talking about what people want to hear us talk about exactly yeah i mean we're going to talk star wars regardless it's just a matter of what kind of star wars you want to talk but uh, when I what I initially started off with was uh, I said Vector Prime, and by that I mean the novel, 
Yes. Uh, Star Wars, it's the New Jedi Order. Yes, it's the first book in the New Jedi Order series. Yeah, I, I've, I've been threatening to sit myself down and listen to it. And Put I, yourself I, through that. Oh, my God. Raw hell. Well, see, yeah, yeah, that's just it. Like, I mean, not to turn this into a review or anything like that, but just real quick, like, we, you've talked about it so much. And, I mean, essentially, I knew what was going to happen. And when it does happen i just kind of wanted to turn i wanted to turn my ipod off i'm like i i don't want to hear this but i know this is what's going to happen so it, like it 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 hurt but yeah i <laughs> i'm just interested to see where it goes from there and, and the use on vonger ugh, they're crazy yeah so it is a i mean like i'll put it this way and i this is potentially a, a future topic uh would be kind of examining like consequences for certain characters between legends and uh, and the new Disney canon. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, um, but I think you know. But I think the way that they handle this particular thing that we're beating around the bush of not <laughs> saying is like it's the way to go. I will say that much. It is. It, it kind of sets the bar for what you should expect through the entire series. Like, essentially, I won't say who, but there is a character that essentially says that I always thought we had this protective bubble around us. And that's kind of how the book ends. That's the first book in like a very long series of books. And yeah, like, I think there's like 25 books what? in the New Jedi Order series. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's 25 in that, and then uh, I think the next thing there's like this one little like three book series called the Joiner King. Ooh. Or no, I'm sorry, it's called uh, Dark Nest. Okay, I think uh, I've heard of Dark the Nest. F- Dark or the Joiner King is the first book in Dark Nest. Okay, the, um, I did see that this like they, I saw I looked the list up online just to make sure I was starting at the right point. Yeah. And I know like second book is like a part one and two. Yeah, exactly. Because so. from there it kind of gets a little wonky, and like there's even a few that are like tri- like their own standalone trilogies within the New Jedi Order yeah. story. Um, yeah, I think like I mean again not to like get too into the weeds on this we will get into (laughs) we will get into our first topic in just a moment yeah but it was like the way that they kind of did it was there was like five hardcovers that came out Mm -hmm. i don't think i could name them all i mean i know vector prime was the first one and then the last book in the series is called the unifying force yes um and then there's three more in between there i know one of them is star by star which is probably the best star wars book i've ever read star by star yes it's part of the series yes Okay, well, I'm definitely going to have to keep that in mind. Once it comes across, I'm going to be like, Andrew, yeah. I told you, man. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll oh, see trust what me, it will hit you again. Where it hurts. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of felt that way about the, the you know, legacy of the Force, but, you know, that's a whole other one. I didn't know where that was going. But regardless, let's get into the first topic. Yes. Um, we want to talk a little bit of recent Star Wars news. Now, uh, I'm probably going to say the name wrong, so I'm going to ask you to say the name, because yeah. I, I have a reputation of that right now. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, yeah, we're, so we're going to start, presumably, with the biggest news, which is Bob Iger talking about Star Wars potentially slowing down. Which, I mean, you got to give him kind of credit, because I think uh, a lot of people do agree that, like, it, as fun as it is to have a new movie every year... I think, like, with Solo having a very bad reception, like, it was just, like... Poor box office, anyway. I mean, honestly, reception, like, like review-wise, it was kind of okay. Yeah, no one really had a problem with the movie. I think that a lot of people enjoyed it. Like, if you're a Star Wars fan, I think you're going to enjoy it just because it's it's part of the lore now, more or less. But, uh, you know, it's one of your favorite characters out here. You're going to want to know more. Yeah. You know, so stuff like that, but... Otherwise, you know, it, it. I think it's a good idea because, you know, when you start 
you know, almost assembly line, uh, you know, with this kind of stuff or any kind of franchise, you know, you are going to run out of steam at some point. Right. You know, and yeah, and I think I mean I think it definitely was it was too close to the release of the Last Jedi, mm. you know, and obviously we know that Last Jedi was very polarizing for a lot of Star Wars fans. Yeah, I almost and, went to war over it. That's yeah. what, that's what a lot of people say. Yeah, exactly. And I think you know, and I think that carried over to the poor box office for Solo. People were like, "Well, I'm not going to go see this because I hate the Last Jedi," and or whatever. Turn into some kind of like silent protests in that sense. Yeah, and I mean, and Star Wars does have a problem with like overseas box office success. I mean, yeah. it's, it's never fared as well over there. Um, I mean, honestly, like its domestic take was kind of okay, but it just literally was dead on arrival overseas. That's true. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to kind of tra- you know, well, it's crazy to think that it, it, you know you have to do so much to jump through loops and get you know, foreign attention for something like this because like, you know, Star Wars as a whole, I'm talking like just, you know, as their own history goes, like it's a very like diverse story and culture, you know, all the cultures you run out throughout there. Like I always just kind of saw it that way. It's just like, you know, like there's always been, you know, crazy diversity in Star Wars. Like obviously, you know, with the first few movies, they, you know, you make exceptions here and there and everything like that. But like, you think about like just what the story talks about in general, like it's an evil force trying to go against anyone who doesn't look like them. You know, it's like, obviously, you know, you could tell who the bad guys are and who the good guys are because it's just everybody else is against the bad guys. So no, you're, you're absolutely correct. (laughs) I mean, I think, you know, like, yeah, I don't know that, um, I mean, well, actually, I mean, I'm not even going to really delve into that, I guess. But, like, to me, it's even interesting because um, one of the things that's kind of come up in that conversation is, like, people talking about how how badly Rogue One actually did overseas as well. Yeah. And obviously, it did huge in the States and still made a lot of money. And it didn't go, like, significantly over budget. No. I mean, um, the, they did the same thing, though, with that Solo did, which there's a lot of reshoots and stuff like that. And, yeah. you know, different... Uh, well, I don't know if yeah. they had different directors here and there. I think it was one no, director. No, I think they stuck with the same director at least. Yeah, because... Um, yeah, but I know they did do a lot of reshoots. But yeah. I think they still kept it a little bit more on budget. Yeah. Like, Solo was the most expensive Star Wars movie ever made. Because they were just... It was just director after director. Yeah, and I think you know? a lot of people would ask, well, why? <laughs> it, it. I mean, I feel like if, you know, if you're Disney and you know how much love uh, a character like Han Solo has... You know, there's a lot of people who are going to be, you know, looking at this under a, a microscope and just looking for any little details that look wrong. And a lot of people like you and me, like, you know, we know his history in the EU and right. Legends universe. Like, uh, you know, it's like, well, Han would never do this or Han would never do that, you know. Yeah. But there's also things where it's like, I don't I I. I like this better than like some of the original ideas George Lucas had. Like he was supposed to have like a, a cameo as a kid on Kashyyyk in Revenge of the Sith. I don't know if you heard about that. I did hear that. He was yeah. supposed to be like a jungle kid that um, freaking Chewbacca took care of. Right. I've also heard stories. I think this is what his Legends one is. I'm not totally sure, but like he was in the uh, Imperial Navy. Yes. And they gave him an order to like either attack or execute Chewbacca, and he's like, I ain't doing that, and that's what led to their life to debt. their life debt yeah no i believe that is accurate at least i've heard that version of it i don't like i don't think that was ever like truly told or at least it was told in a story that i actually haven't read no no i mean like i said it could it, for all it's worth it could be something like it was in a comic book you know we just never saw it come to light or whatever yeah or another just fan theory regardless yeah. but yeah there are certain like kind of <clears throat> 
you know, pseudo canonical sources that like, you just can't really get your hands on anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, so they did kind of retcon it a little bit and like, you know, I think it is a clever story. I also get, you know, I mean, to go back to when we very first started, like, I don't think either of us ranked it that highly. No. Um, you know, I think we enjoyed it as a true, like, summer popcorn flick. Yeah. Where, you know, you just sat down and were, like, along for the ride and it ended and you didn't have to think about it that much. Um, it, you know, but as such, like, you can't be spending $250 million to make movies like that. Yeah, exactly. And, like, expecting it to... Well, that's just it. Like, with everything that they have with Star Wars, they're just expecting it to be a powerhouse... And it yeah. just kind of fell flat, you know. You well, you wanted it to be better, but it, you know, it just, you know, it, it couldn't do what the its predecessors did. Like even Rogue One, like you said, you know, it didn't do great. But after the fact, a lot of people hold that in high regard. Oh yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I guess that's why I wanted to bring it up in the first place. Is like, I think I don't know many people that are like, oh, Rogue One was not good. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I think opinions can vary a little bit because there are, I mean, then there are weak points in it as there's weak points in every star Wars movie ever made. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's a very, very good film that most people liked, but it just didn't perform overseas. Like they just, even after casting, like, you know, Chinese actors and, you know, other like, you know, uh, Diego Luna is like Mexican and then, uh, Ahmed. Riz Ahmed. He's, uh, well, I think he's might be British, but (laughs) he's British in indian british yeah, yeah. yeah but still like, i mean he it that's just it like they brought in all the diversity and everything like that you know and it's just it's just full of that kind of stuff and they were doing the same thing with the last jedi for what it's worth yeah kelly, kelly marie tran, marie tran you, you know and john boyega and uh, you know it, it i don't think anything like that should take away from the story you know it, it, if anything don't look at her for who she is as an actress you know look at them for who they are as a character yeah. You know, and just try and put yourself into that, you know, into that position. But Well, that's, I mean, yeah. I mean, again, I, we've kind of made it a point that we're not going to delve into toxic fandom no. conversation. Um, you know, but that, that's what I'm saying, brother. Yeah. No, uh, you're right. You're right. That, like I said, I, I'm all for anyone coming in and trying to bring something to the table because I'm going to love this series, whether it's, you know, a kid's show or, you know, the most violent you know, fan movie ever made, you know, there's plenty of fan built films out there that like do crazy justice to, you know, Jedi and Sith. And then, you know, there's a couple of ones with like, uh, you know, there's like a one about a stormtrooper leaving home and only to realize that he's been fighting his home. He's like lost in his, you know, in his helmet, so to speak. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, regardless. So with them slowing down, I think it's, it's a pretty good idea. Just kind of take a space back for what it's worth though. I hope that they don't like, scrap a kenobi movie <laughs> well that that was gonna be one of my follow-ups is you know so in like you know he it's really only like one kind of block quote from Iger. Mm-hmm. um you know but i guess just to kind of read it somewhat you know he says jj is busy making episode nine we have creative entities including uh game of thrones creators david benioff and db weiss who are developing sagas of their own which we haven't been specific about um and we're just at the point where we're going to start making decisions about what comes next after JJ's. Mm-hmm. But I think we're going to be a little bit more careful about volume and timing, and the buck stops here on that. Yeah. Well, you, you think about it, like, when when did uh, 
Revenge of the Sith come out? I want to say like 2006. Yeah, I think it was 2005. 2005. Yeah. And then between that and, I mean, that was a 10-year stretch. Yeah. You know, until Force Awakens comes out. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say you want to stretch that long, you know, because obviously there was an even longer stretch before the prequels came out, you yeah. know. But still, like, uh, you know, you got plenty of other properties, you know. Rebels is, is finished, as far as I know. You know, you got the um, the Resistance show coming out. You've got Force of Destiny. You've mm-hmm. got all these great comic book lines, as well as the novels and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. If you're hungry for Star Wars, there's more than just movies out there. Yeah, you it's know? true. So I, I, yeah, and, I, I mean, I, we're, and we're even going to probably touch on uh, the live action tv show here in a moment yes. but i do want to put a little bow on this i guess first oh yeah um you know but so I, I guess my my two questions stemming from the rest of his quote are do you think it's interesting that he only mentioned the benioff and weiss saga hmm. and not ryan johnson's saga that as far as we know is still also being developed i do think it's interesting because uh i mean obviously ryan johnson Directing director the last the last, Jedi. last Jedi, he had most of the scorn thrown at him. I feel like, yeah, because it was his movie, you know. Yeah, no, it definitely was. <laughs> so you know, if anyone's going to get any kind of blame for what you know goes wrong in a movie, it's going to be the director. And they they had so much confidence in him, which. To be fair, he is a great director. You yeah. know, I won't. I mean, it, you could say what you will about his story for what it's worth, but like, he did a great job making that movie. No, I, I agree. I think it's a visually stunning movie. I mean, you know, and, and like, yeah, he has his kind of flair, his own certain style. But like, I mean, if you've seen Looper or whatever, but what like, director doesn't? Well, no, you know? well, exactly. I yeah, mean, you talk so. about flair, and I mean, J.J. Abrams. Yeah, he's <laughs> just getting lens flares everywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, no, absolutely. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I really like Ryan Johnson and I would really like to see him. I mean, I still want to see those films get made personally. Yeah. Like I'm not, again, like I'm not trying to open up some great debate about, uh, you know, the direction of the franchise or whatever. But like, to me, like, I think Ryan Johnson did the ugly hard task of trying to advance the story to the next generation. That's a good point because I think you as a, you know, anyone who's been a lifelong Star Wars fan, they just don't want to admit that eventually these people will go away. Yeah, I mean, you know, to me, like, I think the the ire at Disney is misplaced. Like, people being mad at Disney. Like, you know, if you want to be mad at somebody, like, be mad at George Lucas for not making a sequel trilogy, like... You know, when when Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher were, you know, in their 40s, you know, like in the 90s or something like that. Yeah, they honestly, I mean, we talked about it before, but like the Thrawn trilogy would have been an interesting take on it. Yeah. I feel like the book had enough reception that, they, you know, if they were to put it, you know, put it on the film Mm -hmm. somehow. And he even had the technology then to still do practical effects, let alone a little bit of CGI. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and like, I think to me, like that's. Like, well, and so I guess this is one of my questions. Like, I think the only way that we're going to see movies like Kenobi, and this is kind of my follow up, mm-hmm. um, is like if they can make them for less than they're currently making them. Like, they need to go back to like a hundred million dollar budget for these, like for the standalone films. That's true. You know, they have to yeah. be a little bit more character driven. They can't just be CGI and stunts all over the place. Yeah. I mean, you think about it solo. It, the the biggest part of solo i think in my opinion is probably the castle run right you know and that is just and it does it delivers it delivers and it's cgi a lot throughout you know there there's a lot of practical effects i mean there you could see that they're actually on a set 
Yeah. You know, versus like, you know, when you did the prequels and it was all green screen to the extreme, mm-hmm. you know. So it, if they keep doing that that way, but you're like, you're right. If they, uh, you know, just pull back on what the budget could be, I feel like you can get a stronger movie out of it because yeah. greater movies have been made with less. No, I, I completely agree. So you know, I, I think, I mean, there's there's definitely a, a time and place for that. And, you know, I and I think that's the way that that could work. And I think... Th- you know, with something like a Kenobi film, you mm-hmm. know, assuming you bring in a good actor like Ewan McGregor to reprise his role. Hell yeah. Like, you know, I think the work should kind of be done for you. <laughs> well, yeah, like I said, he, he's got a whole, like, slew of internet people just behind him, just wanting them to just come on screen and go, hello there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even just for a moment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just pop up in the last, you know, in the last of the new trilogy. Just hello there. I'm a yeah. force ghost, but hello there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Which, yeah. Uh, so, and segueing from that, I guess, I mean, I, I do want to touch a little bit on the, uh, on the John Favreau live action TV show, yes, which I think is a very interesting segue because they're still moving full bore ahead with this. Yeah, and if you and if you did hear, so they've you know they've been floating this number that it's going to have a hundred million dollar budget for a yeah. ten episode season. That's I mean, that's Game of Thrones kind of level. Yeah, well, I mean, you think about it, like we even said as much. You know, if you pull it back a little bit, but you use practical effects. It shouldn't be a problem. Right. And especially with what I, I think the rumor I've heard is that they're going to focus on like a Mandalore yes. a little bit. Yeah, that that's the rumor that I've heard as well. If they involve the Game of Thrones, I know it's not going to be the Game of Thrones guys who actually do this. But like if you want to talk about like show style, mm-hmm. Mandalore is rife with that kind of stuff because yeah. it's all fighting tribes. Yeah, it's, and, yeah, it's you a know. lot of infighting, pol- like political kind of, you know maneuvering they're a gladiatorial race to begin with yeah absolutely. you know so yeah. it, it, i mean i think it'd be interesting to see it i think that john favreau has a lot under his belt with you know directing iron man and i mean all these other great movies like he showed his you know he showed his chomps with iron man alone and like from there he created this entire freaking universe of marvel movies right so you know from there i mean it, it it's you know, I can only expect great things from him making a, a live action TV show. I've always wanted them to do it, but I just want them to do it right. Yeah. And you I know. mean, I think, I mean, I guess I'll say this. I feel good that they're not <clears throat> like that. They're being careful and considerate in the process. Yes. Um, you know, I think they're, it's pretty, pretty evident that they're not necessarily rushing it. Um, you know, that, that they're kind of working, you know, I mean, you know, there are some now kind of like preset photos out there. Yeah, um, I don't know if I want to talk about where it probably is at and what those potential spoilers would be about. It sounds like it gets everywhere. I'll just say that much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, and if it is a you know a Mando storyline, I can only surmise why it would start on a planet that rhymes with Dantooine. Ban- <laughs> <laughs> <First>. <laughs> There is a yeah. All right, never mind. I'm sorry, but yeah, you're right. It does. <laughs> uh, and I'll I'll just say this. I don't know why I'm bringing this up, but my favorite Star Wars character growing up, that I have stuff for him everywhere, including a a, a painting hanging in the office that Connor's staring at right now, <laughs> is a character called Boba Fett. What? Hey, who? What? I, I, Where? Baba? <laughs> Baba? Baba Feet? Yeah. God. I hate when people do that. They act like all, oh, yeah. But, like, you're, I mean, we talked about this before. Boba Fett, you know, he's 
you bring up three characters from Star Wars. You're going to have Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, and Boba Fett. Like he, if you go to a convention, you're going to run into a Boba Fett, no yeah. matter what, or at least some version of a Mandalore or Mandalorian, mm-hmm. rather. Yeah. Because I mean, they're, they're a popular, they're a popular character. Yeah, I mean, you know, definitely. I mean, all the like the five hundred first like. Uh, you know, fan group is, yeah. is obviously massive, and they oh, all, yeah. they all have their own custom Mandalorian armor. Exactly. There, there is. I do follow another group on Facebook that, like, well, at least the one guy who actually makes all the armor. He calls himself Mandalore the Uniter, I believe. Okay. So I mean, he gives himself a moniker, and that's mm-hmm. that's part of their history and whatnot. So like, right. just going into that, like, that would just be interesting to see. And like, I love that they did that with the Clone Wars. You got to see a little more of how they work. Obviously, they were trying to not to be like a warfaring race, mm-hmm. but you could see that a lot of people are still like, well, it's in our blood, you know, like we, that's how you do it. And for what it's worth, like the clone army is Mandalore, is yeah, Mandalorian. They are all Mandalorians. It's so, correct. <laughs> I mean, you want, do you want more? Because we have more. It's called the freaking, you know, Republic <laughs> Army. Yeah. You know, well, so. Yeah. I, I heard somebody say this like on a, on a podcast, it might've been like Star Wars report or something like that. Mm-hmm. And like. And I was thinking about this because I probably do associate this and you kind of inadvertently said it as well that it's like, you know, I think in Star Wars, we always think of like, you know, the light side and the Jedi and the the dark side and the Sith. Mm-hmm. And then like the third rail is Mandalorians. Mandalorians or at very <laughs> least like bounty hunters. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I, bounty which hunters writ large. Mandalorians, but. there are a, a slew of besides yeah. like Django and Boba, you know, mm-hmm. and like. There, I mean, there's tons of stories where you'll uh, you'll find like you know, oh, this guy's Mandalorian or he's wearing Mandalorian armor. You know, the armor is supposed to be superficial. You know, it's just it's crazy good and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Stops all the blaster bolts. Yeah. <clears throat> While I'm looking at the painting, I just wanted to tell you like, there's actually a couple uh, reasons for like the one dent in the top of his head. Mm-hmm. One of them is because he actually went toe to toe with Vader. Yeah, I think in the Legends comic, have, right? Yeah, I have heard that. Yeah, and, and the other one that I saw recently was it was test footage, or at least like you know the pre-rendered footage for uh, some of the Clone War episodes that never made it out, and it's him going toe to Cad Bane, like okay. doing a duel. Oh wow! And when when Cad Bane shoots him, like they both get knocked back, and the helmet drops off, but you see the dent. And I remember watching it because they were like they were showing it to an audience. I think at Star Wars Celebration, and the whole audience went crazy because <laughs> it's like it makes sense now. It's yeah. canon, you yes. know. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. This is the real thing. Uh, you know, <laughs> baby, I mean, that's just it. I think you know when they actually put the hashtag Clone Wars saved. Uh-huh. You know, I think I wanted to cry because I was like, holy crap, we actually did something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Sh- it is possible to actually affect positive change. Yeah. So, I mean, in in light of all that, like, I have faith in John Favreau's ability. I think he's good. At, I mean, he's already a good director. We talked about, uh, you know, all it takes is a good vision and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And if he does everything right and he works with all the right people, I feel like they're going to get this, the story across. And it's going to be epic for your average you know, TV watcher or streaming service viewer, whatever it's going to be on. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's supposed to come out for the new Disney streaming service. Only um, another reason to get it. Yeah. And like, know. I mean, one thing that I've actually heard about that, and I mean, you know, I have no idea if this is actually going to come to pass or not, but they've said that like, you know, they want it to be an add on to your other streaming services that you already have your Netflix, your Hulu, your Amazon Prime. So you pay like a few extra bucks. And- yeah. So it's only so it's supposed to be like five bucks a month or something mm. like that, as opposed to, you know, another premium channel that you're paying fifteen dollars a month for or whatever. I mean, if it's truly five bucks, 
You can't go wrong with that. No, I mean, and, I think, you know, I think having that kind of Star Wars programming alone will be worth it. And, and, and presumably there's, I mean, there's going to be probably some Marvel stuff. Oh, yeah. Other Disney content. Yeah. And there's going to be other Star Wars stuff that comes down the pike eventually. Exactly. They're going to have everything on there. I mean, it's kind of what they're trying to do, I think, with the DC streaming service now. Mm-hmm. Like they said, that everything from like the very first, uh, uh, what the heck, like Adam West Batman or something like that, all the way up to like the most recent animated movie, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff's going to be on there. Yeah. You know, they're, the driving force is supposed to be that Titan show, but <laughs> if you're, it looks terrible. Yeah. As I say, if you're a Titans <laughs> fan, you're not going to enjoy it very much. Like it has some cool looking things. I remember like when I did watch it, I was like, Oh, this is going to be exciting. And then Robin shows up and you're like, wow, the suit looks legit. And then he just stomps some dude's throat and goes F Batman. And yeah. It's like, <laughs> all right, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> what, what the hell? You know, I, can't say i'm a big fan of teen titans but that's not through lack of trying like i i i want to get into their story i've heard yeah. a lot of good things yeah and i'm one of those people who's like i think teen titans go is actually kind of funny <laughs> yeah, well, I, no i i won't argue that point I, like and there is i kind of agree with you not to like go into this long discussion oh no no you're fine. dc but uh um you know but it is there's this certain point where it's like you know i think when i actually kind of very first started picking up comics like i probably was a teenager and like i kind of you know, empathized or like associated with some of like the the you know YA themes that kind of come through in those stories. Well, I mean, you you can say a lot of the same things about Spider Man. Well, absolutely. You know, I mean, Spider Man's probably my favorite superhero overall. There you go. Yeah. So we we can talk all day about that. That's a whole other uh, series, really, <laughs> for us just to talk comics. Yeah. But uh, regardless, so you know, to put a bow on it, as you like to say, um, you know. If it's all going to go onto the streaming service and it's not going to be too much, I'd say it's a good investment because, mm-hmm. like you know, besides just Star Wars in general, you got a lot more on there that that, that they're going to offer, and uh, you know, we can only hope for the best. You know, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and I think it'll be nice. I mean, it'll be into. I think the Favreau series is going to be an interesting test case. I mean, again, like I have no actual knowledge that Boba Fett's going to be in it. I mean, I'm I'm honestly just hopeful because. Yeah. You know, because that is a Legends thing that he actually does survive the Sarlacc pit. And then he comes back and plays a big role in pretty much all of the storylines from then on. Exactly, yeah. Um, it you know, and, and I think the story would be better with him in it. If they did do a live action, do you think it would be cool if they brought... Um, Daniel Logan. Well, Daniel Logan would be gnarly because he does like look like a young Tamora Morrison. But I was going to say as much oh, like... actually get Tamora Morrison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, well, I mean, if that could be why they haven't announced anybody at all yet. That's true. He's but, just, I mean, that's probably one that they would keep under wraps anyway. Oh, for sure. I mean, just to have everyone kind of, you know, go crazy over it, I feel like that's enough, you know, or even have like a small cameo of him as like Django, you yeah. know, like just, at, you know, in his old days before, you know, he got a haircut, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. No, yeah. A little less militarized, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I guess, I mean, uh, yeah, to actually say what I guess I was leading with before I got sidetracked with thoughts of Boba Fett again. There you go. Um, you know, I think it would be interesting if they can, like, it'll be a good test case because presumably there's not going to be a whole lot of faces that we know mm. in the storyline. So it's going to be interesting if that can be a hit just based on the strength of the story that it tells. Or if people just continue to be like, well, no Skywalkers, no story. Yeah. Well, look, we're talking Game of Thrones and all this kind of stuff, too. The, I mean, one of the biggest names in that show, you know, they were gone within the first season, and everybody else is, like, loving it now, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, anyone who hasn't watched Game of Thrones now, I'm not trying to spoil it, but still, 
you know it all i'm saying is like they started off with a bunch of people you barely knew and now they're household names yeah. you know yeah. i remember seeing a, a picture of like i think it was like uh i can't think of their actual actor names but john snow Arya stark um the kid who kid plays harrington macy williams uh who's the one who plays uh the reek I can't even Alfie remember. Allen. Alfie Allen. All right, either way, all of them and, uh, you know, Ned Stark Jr. or whatever. God, that's been forever since I watched the show. I'm so sorry. Rob Stark. Rob Stark. Yes, sorry. I don't know why I said Ned Stark. Regardless, uh, they were all in like a, a Barnes & Noble, like doing a signing. And uh-huh. like it was like after the first season. And now like they can't be bothered to go to a Barnes oh, & Noble oh, for sure, a signing. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, uh, that's what I'm getting at. If they get a good young crew or, you know, just a crew of nobodies that they that some sometimes turns out to be the best movie out there yeah i completely agree so i mean just to to push that example one more person like when you even look at so just this past week we got the new trailer for the newest x-men movie dark phoenix yeah which will literally star in like the lead role sophie turner sophie turner that's the only reason i remember that sansa yes Who, you know, who it, it, like started as like an afterthought on that show. Yeah. And now she's literally like, you know, A-list hockey or uh, movie star. Hockey <laughs> star. I don't know where that came from. Ah, uh, you're thinking I'm of thinking uh, my other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what the hell? But uh, I mean, to jump into uh, what we're talking today, to just kind of put a put everything else to his side. It seems like we thought, you know, we couldn't really be bothered to think of a topic, but it feels like we're doing it anyway, so what the yeah, hell? Yeah, It's a very roundabout <laughs> we've, way. We've, yes. <laughs> I think we spent more on that than I would have guessed in a million years. But. All right. So well, let's right. let's jump into it a little bit. So we, we like I said, we asked people online on our Facebook, you know, we're like, give us some topics, you know, uh, you know, what would you like to hear about, you know, uh, you know, what would you want us to talk about rather? And a few of them came up, um, you know, for starters, uh one of the more alluring aspects of Star Wars history has to be uh, the criminal underworld. Uh, you know, as we were saying before, you've got, you know, the dark side and the light side. And then there in the middle, there's just this gray area. Mm-hmm. And I'd have to say that has to be the criminal underworld. Yeah, I think there's, you know, I mean, obviously, they're the ones that probably employ all the bounty hunters. Oh, yeah. Or mm-hmm. at the very least, uh, you know, I think they reap the most from, you know, the conflict that is going on yeah, in exactly. the Star Wars they're, movies. They're the ones that that benefit well you know the other sides literally tear each other apart no oh, yeah so like to get into it so like with the empire right uh they obviously they want order and peace through the galaxy but at the same time like when it comes to big groups like the huts job of the hut in general they are given dominion to go through their space as long as the huts are able to continue their illegal wrongdoings as long as they're not caught you know, it's kind of like, just, just do your thing, man, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, I mean, stuff like that, like, you know, it, you could see that they still have some kind of power there, let alone like, you know, in Empire Strikes Back, uh, Vader actually calls upon bounty hunters to go and find, you know, Han and Leia and all them on the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it turns into a big thing. Cause it's like, all right, this massive war machine that can go through, you know, you know, system upon system, you know, they actually have to call upon, these dredges of the galaxy you know these random people i don't Mm -hmm. know but you know then it turns out like oh well this is why they do what they do is because they can set themselves on this moral guideline of whether they want to make a make a paycheck or make a friend more or less yeah you know that's kind of what makes like hondo so lovable like Mm -hmm. he is he is a straight up pirate but at the end of the day like i said he'll he'll do what he thinks is right 
you know, and they, I don't know. They they do a lot of crazy stuff with them, and uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of rambling. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all right. I mean, I you know, I don't know if I have like a hugely uh, influential follow up to that. I guess you know, I think. I mean, we get to see a few different one, like few different kind of uh, major organizations. You know, I mean, you already mentioned the huts. Um, you know, you also have like Black Sun. Black which Sun was, I mean, is one of my favorites <laughs> because it. They are kind of like a legacy of legends, uh, but they've been pretty well adopted into the main continuity without like any official acknowledgement. Yeah, so they, when they first came around, and we talked about this before, Prince Sizor. Yes. First of all, the species is Falling. Yes. All right. <laughs> I, just, I, I just learned that. Yeah. But and I would have never remembered that. It was one of those things that was on the tip of my tongue when we talked about this last yeah. time. <laughs> but Falling, uh, they're kind of... They kind of look like nautilins. They have like the you know big long green heads, but they also let off a pheromone kind of like uh, that they use kind of like the force where they're able to use the power of persuasion on you. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. They, Get they you can into kind a f- of do some subtle mind manipulation things with their pheromones, which is terrifying. Yeah, but that I mean you can see how they became such a big you know part of like the criminal underworld themselves yes you know but they started off and i think it was shadow of the empire like yeah, the video game exactly and it's the first appearance that i can think of and then from there they just jumps off and you know they did a couple books you mm-hmm. know a couple comic books or whatever and yeah. then lo and behold they end up in the clone wars and like that was a big thing for a lot of people because like you know it's it's really bringing them into the fold and making them a real thing mm-hmm. you know so and they're just i mean they rival the huts in the way of strength and power throughout the galaxy you know they're just as feared i feel like as the huts mm-hmm. you know and it's something kind of scary to behold yeah you know and then other ones yeah. go ahead uh well the one thing i was going to bring up before moving into the other ones is because mm-hmm. you would even ask me if like if we had any update on dash rendar yeah yeah and apparently there is like star wars explained did post a video like within the last couple of weeks that said Dash Rendar is canon again. <laughs> really? Yeah. I need to watch that. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I I, uh, I watched that one episode, and uh, they were flying a YT-2400. Mm-hmm. And I was like... Outrider. Yeah, I said, why the hell does that shit look familiar? And I kept waiting, because there was a young kid on there, mm-hmm. and I was like, I, w- I bet you anything they're going to say this kid's name is Dash. Like, I hope so. And it turned out to be, like, the, the nephew of, like, the you know, rebel command. And I was like, of course. dang it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, That's not what I wanted. Yeah. But at least the ship is canon. So yeah. I mean, that, that kind of was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I fully admit, I didn't actually watch the, like his video explaining how he's canon again, yeah. but, uh, that was what it said. So. I, that'd be curious to see it. Cause as far as I know, it's like, I think him and Han kind of had like a friendly rival. Yeah. Like yeah, rivalry it, going on. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, if you're not at all familiar with Dash Rendar or Shadows of the Empire, like, I mean, he is basically just a Han Solo clone. Yeah. But, and they just wanted to like be able to continue like a story with a kind of like somewhat dubious smuggler anti-hero character who just while happened. han was in carbonite basically. yeah and uh, he just happened to have uh his own version of a corellian freighter yeah it wasn't the 1400 it was a 2400 it was yes. the next step up more yeah. or less i feel like i i mean a long time ago i read a comic book about him and like luke being in the uh either in the millennium falcon or the outrider but I know he was involved to mm-hmm. the point where, like, I remember I got his action figure and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I think I had almost more, like, Dash Rendar stuff than I did, like, <laughs> Han stuff. Yeah. I think just because that was the big thing, like, in that point in the mid-90s, like, 95, 96. He was a... Like, it was the big marketing push. That's true. I could, I could definitely see that. 
But, uh, I mean, other ones to bring up are, uh, well, I mean, we heard about them in, uh, you know, Solo recently, mm-hmm. Crimson Dawn. Yes. Uh, you know, and that's, I assume that has to be what's, what eventually grew out of what uh, Darth Maul started in, you know, the last, second to last season of uh, Clone Wars, you mm-hmm. know, just getting Mandalore and Black Sun under him and everything like that, but he carried it on. That's one I want to learn more about myself. There's... Yeah. Uh, My... I do have to say, though, my favorite thing with that is, you know, so in the Clone Wars, and they don't really refer to it that directly, mm-hmm. but, like, when he's first assembling his, like, criminal empire, yeah, they're called the Shadow Collective. Oh, tell me. Well, but so, I mean, the Shadow Collective, he literally collects, like, resources from Black Sun, as well as the Pike Syndicate, which is another group that we haven't touched on yet. Yeah. Um that was a pretty significant one as well as, I mean, I feel like he gets resources from somewhere else. I mean, he has the Mandalorians under him as well. Yeah. I, um, unless, he, that much. unless he took over some part of hut space, I feel like he wouldn't touch hut space. Yeah. I think he actually does leave hut space alone. Yeah. Like, I think that was, there's like a plot point about that. But with but, the pikes, I mean, I think the pikes themselves, they're big into the drug trade, right? Yeah. I, I mean, not to say that no one else is, isn't, in the drug trade, but like right. I think the Pikes predomin- like predominantly are uh, spice runners, and it's so much so that they run Kessel. Yes, they're, like they're the they're the freakish looking things you see yeah. in Solo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I think that that was another thing. Like you know, we talked about Saul Guerrero starting off as a cartoon character, becoming mm-hmm. a live action character. Yeah, that was the first time you ever saw that a you Pike. See, yeah, you see a Pike in a live action setting. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, you know. But it, so I mean. They're all over the place, you know, and you see, you'll see these guys all over the place too. Um, I remember there's a Darth Maul comic book that I read. I think it was Son of Dathomir, one or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was his, you know, it was you know, it was years before the Phantom Menace, and like one of his things was to actually go out and hunt down a Jedi, and they had like an auction for a Jedi, and you got to see everybody from everywhere. Like everyone wanted to actually like yeah, buy this Jedi and yeah. hunt her. Which yeah. is like that—that's already like despicable in its <laughs> own way. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. I so, think that's actually the most recent Darth Maul Marvel comic that, that I did. That would make sense. Yeah. So, but regardless, so yeah, you could see where like just how evil these people are and like how they all work. But like at the same time, as evil as they are, they also have a code. Yeah. You know, you don't want to cross each other. You don't want to start. They're—they're they're trying not to go to war with each other. I feel like, you know, if, if uh, you know, someone from Hut Space ends up in Pike Space and, like, they do something wrong, well, you know, Huts aren't going to protect you. You know, they're going to give you up voluntarily. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it, that's also where a lot of good stories come from. It's like, oh, well, we have to get this merchandise back. It's it's in dire need and all this kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. can you tell me a little more? I, I had on the list here. I, I actually didn't know much about it, but the Corellian Exchange? <sighs> it's sort of. I mean... So again, like going back to Solo, uh, you know, the, the group that he works with, like led by Lady Proxima are mm-hmm. the White Worms. Yeah. And I know I, I honestly I was trying to find the name of the other group that like they're that's like chasing Han. Yeah. And I honestly don't remember it. <laughs> you know, that was like at the beginning of the book when I read it, but I can't remember it either. <laughs> yeah, and I know like so not only like the novelization, but there's also there is a book out there now called Most Wanted. Really? Um, yeah, and it is like it's a Han and Kira story from like the events before Solo. Oh, okay, that'd be yeah. interesting. Yeah, so I mean, I would say like 
that's a good one to check out for that. I honestly can't really elaborate too much. No, yeah, but at least I mean, at least there is some information out there if you're willing to, you know, dig for it more or less. Yeah, yeah I, I, I know I've seen a few things, and people generally seem to like it. In fact, they, you know, so I guess what was it like? Uh, long shot is the other one. Long shot with La- uh, long shot or last shot, one or the other. Yeah. But it was it's half Han, half, half Lando, Lando yeah. and like the cool thing about that book is like there's a story where it, the main story is them working together mm-hmm. to uh, you know do what they need to do. But there's also like um, pre or um, interludes where it's a young Lando and L three three seven and a oh, young okay. Han. Uh, okay. So it, it, yeah. it's interesting to hear it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, and I know like. I know people actually said, like, man, I wish, like, this one would have come out before the movie and then they would have released the other one after the movie. Yeah. Um, <coughs> just because it kind of makes more sense continuity-wise and it provides a lot of backstory about, like, the gang wars on Corellia. Yeah, it gives you a little more... Well, see, that's actually... You bring that up, like, there's a book called Star Wars Catalyst. And, uh, yeah, I think it's Catalyst. And uh, that was like a prequel to Rogue One. Right. And it was all about, you know, uh, Jyn Erso's parents and like them growing up on, uh, you know, Coruscant under uh, the director Krennic and stuff like that. And like you actually got to learn more about how the Death Star was conceived and how it was, you know, actually built. Like if anyone paid attention in Attack of the Clones, you could tell that the original idea started with the Separatists on Geonosia. Yes. And uh, actually watching Rebels over the weekend, they they went back to Geonosia. Okay. And uh, there's only one Geonosian left. And uh, you found out, and I remember, like, I remember, like, thinking about this, like, oh, yeah, that did happen. They originally used Geonosians in the construction efforts. Yes. There's a reason that there's no railings in the Death Star. Because they could fly. Because they could fly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That it's so It's so weird that, like, it's a, you know... Three, like, a three-decade-old movie, and, uh, you know, that was, like, the explanation was, like, oh, it was built by bugs, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, regardless, it turns into the whole thing where, like, uh, they, they actually go into, like, you know, panic mode and start attacking the Empire, and uh-huh. that's where they're, like, well, your entire race is going to, you know, going to hell now. Yeah. And they actually do kind of what they did with uh, Mandalore in the Legends arc, where, like, they put a, you know, a, this poison yeah you know this man-made poison on the earth so that like anyone who sets foot on geonosia that is geonosian will die Mm -hmm. and like they they were trying to get these you know these barrels or whatever to show proof that like oh the empire is actually a pretty bad thing so but regardless all i'm saying is like they 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 brought this book into the fold to give you that much more information and with me knowing that going into rogue one yeah made it even that much better exactly and probably and like that like i will say i mean i've i have heard that 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 was it's a very good story and it kind of like it makes you maybe dislike the opening to it a little bit less because like it it just gives you the backstory between like galen or so and his wife whose name i don't remember Uh, yeah Uh, i don't know but i know like and krennic and like and krennic as well you know so then like you kind of learn a little bit more and that becomes a little bit more of like a powerful you know sequence yeah as opposed to like i've seen this scene played out like in 30 other movies and like i didn't really need to see it at the start of this one or whatever yeah i mean it's sad but i mean like i said once you know the backstory for a lot of people it makes it just that much more like dramatic Mm -hmm. you know that's kind of how it goes off but like Uh, to get you know to get onto a different subject besides like criminal underworld and stuff like that i want to do i want to do 
well, I want to go from talking about the the uh, genocide of the Geonosians okay. to genocide of the Ewoks. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Are you familiar with this at all? I've heard the theory, but uh, <laughs> lay it out for me because I'll, I'll see if you're if I remember correctly yeah. or not. So, um, so a, a number of like people on the early in the early days of the internet like came up with this realization that when the second death star exploded the debris falling from it which was probably radioactive oh yeah would all land on endor right and eventually that would literally kill the entire planet well so to be fair um they had a few days to party yeah, yeah. <laughs> a few days to party. That's correct. You know, they got a few days to party. Han and Leia got married while they were at it. You know, and then they just waved at the Wookiee or the Ewoks, and they're like, "All right, you know, thanks for your help. We'll see you later." And then yub dub, and you know, and then, <laughs> and then the very next day, the first piece starts falling down. Because honestly, like it, when it exploded, at least according to like you know the most recent Battlefront game, mm. like it was debris just lying in orbit. Yeah. But at the same time, if you know how planets work. As long as it's, it's spinning, field, yeah. it is going to be coming down. Yeah. And, like, that's just it. Like, if, if there isn't anyone there to pick up the scrap, that scrap is going to come falling down. Yes. But I did hear stuff about that. So it's like, you know, even with the explosion that happened, mm-hmm. it should have rocked the planet on its axis or something like yeah. that. But it never did, you know. Right. Yeah. I did hear that as well. And they also said that, like, in particular, because of, like, the trajectory, you know, so the Death Star was following the shield generator on Endor. Yes. So, like, presumably most of that debris actually should have just landed right where the shield generator was. Which would have made sense, yeah. Yeah. But like I said, if it's if it's if it's orbiting it, well, that you know, never mind. You're right. This is the gravity. Yeah. (laughs) There was a number, like, there's this fun article on like regular wikipedia that's called like physics of star wars okay and like uh they had a quote from some astrophysicist who actually like calculated like they calculated the approximate mass of the death star and the trajectory which it explodes uh and and they determined that it was way too fat like the it explodes way too fast for it to remain in orbit Yes. Um, I mean, from what it looks like, it looks like it's completely ab- obliterated. Yeah. You know, there's absolutely nothing left. It's all vaporized. Yes. Yeah. But, that if it had exploded very slowly, it might have remained in orbit. Yeah. But it does not. So. I mean, at the same time, like I said, that there could be chunks that are small enough that it wouldn't make too much of a difference. Yeah. You know, it could just be but, your a yeah. very dangerous meteor shower. Yeah. But I think it was like something like. 10 to the 19th power or something wow. is what they estimated the uh like the weight of the death star to be <sighs> so so if you assume that most of that would come to the to endor's atmosphere yeah it would probably be catastrophic oh totally and you think about it the ship was designed to take a hit regardless just not from the inside obviously yes, yeah so that shit isn't going to burn up on uh, on entry yeah no you you're, you're correct yeah, <laughs> it's just exactly. gonna stay you know well uh, you know, if, if you were going to bring that up, I would bring up like, um, the first Death Star exploding. I was actually going to say as much as like, well, how come it doesn't fall on Yavin? Yes. But honestly, if you think about it, they're going around the moon of Yavin. Yes. And, and there's uh, a much larger gas giant planet that, that presumably could have pulled it. Towards yeah. It. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, in, I mean, and for what it's worth, we don't really know what happens on Yavin. Yeah. There, there's, there's a lot of theories out there, especially like with video games. Like one yeah. of the big things was like. The re- you know the reprisal on Yavin you know mm-hmm. I think it was a uh, r- rogue 
squadron, the second rogue squadron. Okay. And you could play a mission where you play as Darth Vader and you actually attack like the Yavin temple, uh, okay. like just moments after the yeah. thing, you know, like they're trying to make their escape, but you're going after it and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. I do remember that being a, a thing now but that I think about it. Regardless, you knew that they had to abandon it because, yeah. you know, they knew that they'd be coming. <laughs> yes. They knew where the base was, so they had to go. Yeah, so they were already planning to evacuate. But they had enough time for a ceremony. you got to give them credit for that. That is true. When it comes they to know the re- how to party. Yeah, I was going to say, when it comes to the rebels, like, they take safety into account, but first... <laughs> Celebration. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're talking, you know, we're talking gas giants, we're talking space travel, all this kind of stuff. Like, when it comes to the planets, mm-hmm. the thing that, that kind of always irked me was the fact that, like, the, the only reason that we can survive on Earth is because we have the right ecosystem and all this yes. kind of stuff, the right Extremely atmosphere. Extremely improbable event that led to how we live yes exactly and so they go from someplace like coruscant which first of all there's absolutely no greenery whatsoever no greenery no natural water no i mean everything that is natural about that planet is is literally buried by like ten thousand stories of development exactly yeah so you know the the, entire planet to actually see the bottom of coruscant would be like bear like burying yourself to the core you know Yeah, yeah but so something like that to jump to well, we were talking about it before, Geonosia. Mm-hmm. And it's just a desert planet. Almost yeah. like, uh, I mean, not like Tatooine, but like a red desert, like a very hostile, you know, environment. Obviously, it's it's set to, you know, the Geonosians and how they work and stuff like that. But when normal human beings come on there, mm-hmm. they can walk around, <laughs> they can breathe, you know. Yes. Oh, they're a little dusty, but, you know, we'll get up, walk it off. You know, there's no suffocation. There's yeah. no extreme cold or anything like that. Yeah. And, I mean, or we even see, I mean, I think another great example that I always kind of make fun of is like in The Empire Strikes Back when Han and Leia and Chewie land on the asteroid. Yes. And like, yes, they're inside of the asteroid, but all they can, all they have to do is walk out with like a respirator. Yeah. They don't need like face protection yet like their eyeballs don't explode and don't like no no full covering suit or anything like yeah. that you know no superheated protection or anything like that it's yes. just it's a face yeah. mask you yeah. get at the dentist yeah yeah <laughs> exactly it's yeah. like the novocaine thing that they put over your face and like i i mean it's it's just funny like especially chewbacca wearing it it's just adorable you know because you didn't think like oh well he's he's you know He's too big for this thing, but it works. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's it's crazy to think that, like, that's all you need. Yes. But at the same time, like, look, if you can believe that, like, the little face mask is all you need to survive in space, what's to say Leia couldn't use the Force to bring herself back from, like, you know, certain doom, right? <laughs> well, absolutely. So, I mean, all I'm getting at is just, like, you know, it's it's a messed up kind of deal. Obviously, that you, know, you can't have fiery explosions in space because there's just no oxygen. Yeah. But they still have it anyways. Well, you know. I, I, I'm so when I will say there's even there there are genuinely like books about like Star Wars physics. Or oh, whatever. I'll believe it. Um, but one thing that I have read uh, as an excerpt from that is that they do explain that a lot of that like the perception of the explosions and like the like noises that are heard like during space fighter combat mm-hmm. are actually just an elaborate computer simulation. <laughs> I mean, to make I, it feel more visceral because otherwise there would be no way of knowing yeah i mean if in honest to god like you just if you want to watch star wars for what it should be you just turn the volume off 
Yes. You know, like yeah. turn it back on when they're in the cockpit, and then just turn it off when they're in space. Yes. That's yeah. about it. Yes. You I know, think, I think the one scene that most people, even if they hate The Last Jedi, will begrudgingly admit they love is when uh, Holdo jumps to light speed. That, yeah. Well, so I love it. actually cancel the sound. They That's what made it beautiful. Yes. Like, in my opinion, like, I, I, first of all, they I hated it when they actually put this up in the movie theater where it's like, note, at such and such point in this movie, there will be dead silence. There's nothing wrong with the film. Yeah. It's just done for dramatic effect. <laughs> yes. So it's like, well, now you know something's coming. You know, if you've never seen the movie before, let alone, like, you know that something's going to go to this, like, you're just going to expect it. It's like not expecting it made it that much more harrowing. Right. And it's like you said that there's just a vacuum of sound. There's a vacuum of everything. Mm -hmm. But it was just beautiful the way it was done because up until that point, no one had ever attempted anything like that. Like yeah. suicide by freaking hyperspace <laughs> yes. or light speed or whatever. Yeah. It's just and like just the fact that like she was able to take out, what was it, like almost 30 cruisers or something like that. Yeah. You know, all but with one thing. That's even a more amazing thing. Like, the ship was so small mm -hmm. compared to the size of just the, the capital ship itself, Snoke's yeah. ship. Like, yeah. they cut a groove into that. But, like, was it, did it kind of go, like, shotgun when it went through there and just, like, dispersed <laughs> into, like, the, you know, the actual formation of the other Star Destroyers or what happened? Yeah. I, I mean, that I don't necessarily no i, I mean that, <laughs> i'm not gonna attempt to answer but. well i mean all i'm getting at is just like it was extremely lucky and it looked yes. beautiful but yes. what the hell <laughs> yeah. well that's fair and i know like i know people the one the people that are like well no i can't even like that scene because i have to hate everything because i'm just a hateful person yeah we'll point out you know well you know in in other like in the eu they do establish that you can't do that like there are so many overrides that like you can't possibly trigger it to actually jump to hyperspace when it knows there's, there's something collision. in the, yeah but that's like i always say but you know the the novelizations of the movies you know they answer a lot of questions mm -hmm. La the last jedi was one of those movies where you just had so many questions after the fact you thought you were gonna get so many questions answered yeah and now it's like i need it to just, know yeah, it, yeah you know but that was one of the things where they're like they did mention like Haldo was had to override it and like mm -hmm. manually override the cancellation for the light speed because they had the light speed coordinates plugged in from when uh poe was trying to make the run you know mm -hmm. waiting for the signal and then that just kind of canceled out so it was behind them that's why she turned around yes. originally yeah because otherwise they would have just shot forward yes so it, you know they missed the, the hyperspace point and it just turned out to be directly at the empire and lo and behold that's what happens yeah but, you know i mean another thing with like the last jedi and just space travel i'll, I'll finish with this was just the bombers <laughs> like i know i mean like the the y-wings were old by you know uh, the original trilogy standards but like i was i mean they still had some maneuverability with these ones they kind of came off as like flying fortresses but yeah. not to the point where you you know they didn't do any real damage or anything like they, they were just slow 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 yes you know and then on top of that like the bombay doors when they actually opened up and it, this is a big thing with a lot of people who just see like the open space in the hangar bay like there could be a ray shield there but at the same time she's like, like just dangling off and there's no visible ray shield or anything like that to keep them from being sucked out into space. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what's the deal? <laughs> right. No, I mean, I, like, I will say this. Like, I think it is a matter of perspective a little bit. You yeah. Know, I think, um, you know, when you're looking directly down through, like, the, the uh, you know, the 
bomb tunnel, if you will. Yeah. Like you're staring into blackness, so you might not be able to see it then. And then I think you can make the argument that even the shots that you see of her inside, um, like could still be taken from inside the ship or from such an angle that you just can't see the ray shield. I'm just going to choose to believe that. Like, I don't think they actually like don't have a ray shield and like, there's no reason why she's not getting sucked out into space. Yeah. I mean, it would make, it would make more sense. Like if you did it on planet or something like that, but it, it's, it's one of those things where you just kind of have to choose to believe it for what it is. Yeah. You know, you're also watching a movie where people could lift rocks with their mind. So, you know, take it with a grain (laughs) of salt. Yeah, Take it with a grain of salt. I, I, I completely agree with that. I think, um, I mean, I guess one thing I will say on that front is just like, um, that's been one of the things that I don't love about the new canon is just, I don't love the new ships that they get. Yeah. I mean, I get that this, that these are probably truly like, you know, like bombers from millennia ago for all we know. Um, you know, they just happened to find, and that was the only resource available to them because that's the whole premise of the resistance is that nobody believed them. They just, they didn't have any budget. They made work with what they had, you know, but Um, I mean, they, they also had updated a wings. They had updated X wings. Yeah. (laughs) It only made sense for them to, you know, the Y wings were reliable for what little they had. Like I'm going back to rebels again. Like the whole reason they have Y wings in the first place is because they salvaged them from, you know, an Imperial shipyard that Mm. was just literally just scrapping them for parts yeah but they were big for the clone wars and they were very effective in the clone wars yeah so why not do something that can still move and carry that amount of bombs or anything like that that's just that's just me but you know it's like it's like anyone would say and i think even star wars explained does the same thing where it's like you know it's it's uh you know it's so many years removed from you know production and stuff like that so it's just it just makes sense to not do it. But, like, there's no B-Wings either, which yeah. really bugs me. Right. And then even for the prequels, like, you had the Jedi Starfighter, which right. is, they were, they were really cool looking. And then, like, um, the the Arc 170. Yeah. Like, that Starfighter was pretty cool. I always looked at it, like, you know, as a kid, and I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, that's obviously the precursor to an X-Wing because it has X-Foils, you yeah. know. Yeah. But at the same time, you also realize that's a Z-95 Headhunter well, just with... It- Split, yes. you know, but yeah. now we're just talking semantics. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. <laughs> You're right. Like, they, they didn't do a good job with it. Like, I, you know, I, I wasn't too excited about what the bombers look like. The A-Wings, yeah. You know, yeah, the I X-Wings. the A-Wings are awesome. I mean, I've always been part, like, to me, I've always loved the A-Wing as mm-hmm. my favorite ship. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think the X-Wings are cool, too. <laughs> they're they're um, the most popular ones, yeah. I, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm always going to be a B-Wing guy just because it's a calamari ship. So Yeah. No, that's fair. And, like, I mean, that is just, I mean, obviously, there's a big difference between, you know, this, like, the new canon versus, like, the Legends. Um, but, you know, one thing is, like, the ships actually do evolve and get better. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I know one of the things that they talk about, and I think this was even addressed in, like, the Poe Dameron comic, mm-hmm. um, is, like, them trying to fly a Jedi Starfighter and struggling because there's a lot of the functionality of the Jedi Starfighter requires the use of the force. That's true. Um, and that's actually something they do uh, um, in like the, the new Jedi order storyline. Yeah. They actually develop these new X wings. Yes. That are like stealth, the stealth, complete stealth fighters. And like, it's all, it's all with the force and everything like yeah. that. Like it's all Luke's baby. I remember that. I was yeah. reading about that. Yeah. So it's, I mean, that's just like one of those things where it's like, 
I would like that's a thing that I would prefer to see than like what we've gotten so far. No, you're right. I mean, it, just move on with like uh, you know the stealth technology and stuff like that, cloaking ability and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, for for what it's worth, I think when it comes to like legends and cloaking shields and stuff like that, like that was technology that hadn't been you know fully produced yet. Mm-hmm. You know, like the the big deal was like Sith ships were built with cloaking ability, and they they hoarded that knowledge for the most part. But I don't know. I I'm getting lost in that. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, you know, I mean, I I love ship to ship combat. That's always my like my favorite part of the yeah. Star Wars, you know, lore. Regardless of you know if you can hear the sound or not, you know. But uh, I don't know. Otherwise, you know, I think we should finish with one last topic and just kind of put a bow bow on it. <laughs> You're stealing you know. my phrase. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a good phrase. I'll give, I'll let you I'll let you take it back. I promise. That's fine. I but, don't mind. You can use it anytime you want. I dare. I could dig it. And see, look, you just take that. You're good. But <laughs> uh, um, let's talk about the force. Okay. All right. Um, so I mean, we we've said it before on the show. Uh, the the force itself is nothing but Deus Ex Machina. It is the savior or is the sinner, depending on how one uses it. You know what I mean? And, I mean, there was a joke a long time ago that, like, oh, how did they do that? The Force. You know, like, anything you <laughs> yeah. wanted to be explained in Star Wars, it's like, oh, they used the Force. Yeah. You know, so, but how it actually comes into play in the, you know, in the story is interesting. Because there's just, there are tons of different, like, uh, you know, renditions or um ideas behind how it works or what it's supposed to do namely like the one thing i think that got a lot of people under a lot of people's skin was uh the introduction of metachlorians <laughs> i don't know i mean i would ask you what do you how do you feel about metachlorians well i mean i'm pr- i'm not really a big fan of metachlorians I, well so i'll say this um i guess this is kind of my this is my two-part explanation and like i don't necessarily i mean we'll see where it goes from here okay that's kind of my thought on the matter um, so I actually have recently started reading Darth Plagueis. Ooh. Um, I know that's like your bread and butter. We're going to do a book review on that. I'll yeah, tell you that we'll right now. Yeah, definitely do that. Um, but so I, there is an explanation in Plagueis that kind of, it kind of recasts the way the midichlorians work in a way that I can ki- I can very minimally get behind. Right. Um, I mean, they basically, you know, explain that they are kind of this, you know, they are a sentient life form that is sentient, but you can't really communicate with them outside the, of being like a force user. They're symbiotic. Yes. You know, they not parasitic, but like they they reside with you, you mm-hmm. know, and like they're part of your life force. Yeah. I, the, I mean, the only I, way that you can channel them is by using yours. And, you know, so, I mean, I guess... I haven't read it all. Certainly, I'm still actually pretty much towards the beginning. But um, no, that's I mean that's that's perfect right off the bat. Yeah, like, yeah. Plagueis's quest basically is to like learn to wield other people's midichlorians and uh, hopefully do what the ultimate Sith goal is, and that's immortality. Yes. You know, uh, I was talking to you the other night about this, but um, I finished the the prequel, so to speak, that came out for. Uh, Death Troopers. It's mm-hmm. called Red Harvest. Yeah. It takes place on uh, Sith Academy. Yada yada yada. We'll get into it later. But uh, that Sith Lord is also trying to obtain immortality. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert, he gets it, just not the way he wants it. <laughs> you know. But they don't. I mean, they do talk about Metaclorians a little bit in that book too. But like, I remember when Plagueis actually came out. 
um, there was, you know, there's articles online saying that they kind of redeemed, you know, what the, midichlorians, the concept. It, which is, I mean, I, I'm okay with it. You know, yeah. I, you can, you can have the force as is and just be this whole thing. Like, obviously in the last two movies that came out, they never brought it up. You know, yeah. it's never been brought up yeah, again. No, Luke doesn't yeah. know about midichlorians as far as we know, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's just gonna be like a meta what you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, at the same time, like I, I do like the fact that they're kind of putting a scientific twist on it and mm-hmm. explaining that it's almost kind of like the makeup of the soul almost, you yeah. know, it's your life force. Mm-hmm. And once you're dead, that's, that's the midichlorians leaving you more or mm-hmm. less. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where, uh, you know, his, uh, his, Plagueis' goal is is mm-hmm. just to try and obtain somebody else's and extend his life with more metachlorians. Yes. So, but, I mean, that's a whole other thing to get into. But, yeah. you know, I, I do want to hear more about the book once, you, once you're done with it. Because, like I said, I, it's a great book. Mm-hmm. I really just want to talk about, like, you know, all the little details about it and whatnot. But, yeah. other than that, you know, we, we talked about the, um, the three-story arc, uh, the Citadel mm-hmm. uh, for Clone Wars, which kind of went into... Uh, you know, how they, you know, how they came to be, like, it personified the Force, mm. you know, and uh, there are other plays, there are other ways where they do it that's like, uh, they just essentially explain to you that the Force is, you know, it's not, right. it's not meant to be anything that's wielded or, you know, coveted, mm-hmm. you know, we're not using the Force, the Force is using us. Yeah. Right? Which, I mean, which to me is kind of an interesting, like, I think that actually is an interesting variation on, you know, sort of the theme of the sequel trilogy, you know, like particularly like with Kylo Ren, who is just like, just like, I don't like, I'm not trying to be one side or the other. I just am. And I'm using the force as it's guiding me. Right. Which I mean, you, it's easy to say that and then act like a Sith, (laughs) but be like, no, I'm not a Sith. I'm a Ren. (laughs) Well, yeah, no, so you're right, because, like, um, you, a lot of what it has to deal with is just emotion, like, mm-hmm. especially for the dark side, like, that's what makes them more powerful, fear, anger, hatred, all this kind of stuff, like, yeah. those are very powerful emotions, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, calmness, you know, steadfast, you know, resolve, stuff like that, that's what makes up a Jedi, Yeah. and that's what kind of makes them stronger in their own right, because they're able to conquer all this un unraveling you know power that is the dark side Mm -hmm. you know but as go ahead well and i guess i was just gonna say i mean i shouldn't even just say you know like kylo wanting to kill the past but i mean like i mean that's also obviously something that we do see echoed kind of by luke as well that's true he's he's like it is time for the jedi to end um you know and, and like i think that kind of leads to a potentially interesting place i mean we do like in legends there's a number of there's a large number of other like force using groups yes. that aren't necessarily light or dark Jedi or Sith. You know, they kind of just are and like they can do things that like Jedi and Sith are not able to do because they're not consumed by this, you know, quest for peace and serenity or the quest for absolute power it's, and tyranny. It's just crazy how it goes. Like yeah. um uh, we talked about the Chiss and all this kind of stuff, how they have, like, uh, their own precognition. I think they call it third sight. Yes. Depending on which, you know, version of the Chiss you're reading, I guess. But I've heard that, uh, you know, with the Chiss in particular, but, you know, some species, they, like, denounce the Force. They mm-hmm. don't, like, if you're found to be Force-sensitive, you're almost, like, shunned. 
yeah. by the public and stuff like that. So it's not it's not something that everyone really wants to have around. Yeah, you know, they'd rather just go about it. A lot of people see it as just religious nut, like you know, and it is nut jobs. Yeah. You know, so you know, there's hokey tr- religion. Hokey religion, yes, exactly. So you know, it it could be something as simple as that. A lot of people even say as much that like Han with all of his quote unquote luck makes it force sensitive force sensitive yeah. right yeah yeah i mean i think like not to again not to like spend too much time on plagueis but like i feel like i feel like that's something that he kind of does is he assesses the level of force sensitivity of beings that he encounters and just kind of goes from there yeah and like you know and he's like well this person probably is moderately force sensitive but they're not you know a jedi or a sith and they probably have no idea um but yeah i mean i think that's been a very long running like hypothesis about Han is well, that he is moderately force sensitive. Yeah, and then I mean to, to put it more bluntly, like only living beings can, you know, have the force with them. So anything that's constructed, like any droids or anything like that, poor Skippy. Yeah. You know <laughs> Skippy the Jedi droid <laughs> he's is it, not a Jedi. He might have been owned by a Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> that's about it. But like yeah, he doesn't have any kind of force sensitivity with him. Yes. But that's also to say the same thing about like I mean, uh, you know, Ray when she's actually learning how to, you know, use it in the Last Jedi, she feels the ground, she feels the life that's brought, like the new baby pork. She feels the death, where it's like this rotting corpse or something like that. Mm-hmm. She feels the grass, the trees, the rocks, the yes. breeze. It's all <laughs> around us, flowing through us, all this kind of stuff. Which, you know, I feel like you know anyone who's has a you know a problem with you know life in general and they just want to feel some kind of centering, you know, guidance. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it may sound crazy to pull it from a movie, but like the force is appealing. You no, know, I, I I completely agree. I, I feel mean, like, you know, I I don't know. It's something that I can kind of get into. Yeah, know, it, that it, I can believe that I can have this connection at a deeper level, at a you know, and you don't you, you don't have psychosomatic level. I was to say you don't even have to call it the force. We're just all part of nature. Yes, you know what I mean. Ashes and to ashes, dust to dust. dust. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but actually, just to like very kind of briefly i mean this is my last comment on it i think i mean you can add whatever you want but like you know i kind of go back to the original portrayal of the force like in star wars right a new hope um you know and and i think a lot of what you see actually that the force can do there i mean it's not everything no it's but a smidge of of it yeah it's more of like you know these are like monks who can kind of tap into this power for brief moments at a time um you know like and only do kind of very subtle manipulations yeah you know such as like obi-wan with the jedi mind trick uh you know vader's able to to choke the admiral with just a pinch uh, of his finger yeah with a pinch of his finger but like you know he can't necessarily sustain it indefinitely no um you know and, and like i'm not saying that i that i think that's what the force should be but, like, it's easier for me to kind of conceptualize it in that form. Right. I mean, at the same time, you know, the, to see it be, you know, more and more popular throughout the movies and them, like, pushing stuff with the Force and all this kind of stuff. I, I mean, honestly, when it comes to the uh, Return of the Jedi, you know, to finish it off correctly, like, when palpatine does the lightning that's where you see like the definite dark and light side because it's mm-hmm. like you've never seen obi-wan or luke do that no and 
he's obviously so evil that like all of his hatred and whatnot like is channeled into him using this energy in the form of electricity yes and you know force lightning and just essentially frying this guy yeah you know so that kind of stuff is scary and like you see more about it you know you can't like control the elements you're not a force bender more or less you know right no uh, yeah that that's very accurate i mean that that's not stuff that we typically see happening yeah um you know and like i mean i guess i mean now that i've said all of what i just said i guess i will (laughs) follow it up because i we were talking about leia earlier right uh in the last jedi you know and and i was saying that there actually is a basis for that like in the legends continuity that for the longest time she kind of rejects learning to become a Jedi because she's still in politics and she's like, I, I can't be a Jedi that's capable of mind manipulation. Yeah, it's while working in politics, almost a cheat. Yeah, um, but you know, but she still occasionally is able to channel the Force and use it in ways that she didn't think she could. Right, and, and actually, a lot of a ton of it is like based on her maternal instincts. That's um, yeah, just protecting your children. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean I think actually to touch on Thrawn because we have to make an obligatory Thrawn <laughs> comment uh, in the original Thrawn trilogy. She's able to do a few things because she's pregnant at the time. Yes, um, that she had never previously done. Yes, so she would. I mean, like she hovers her lightsaber in the air and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. But you know, no. I don't know if she actually was able to confuse people or not at that point. But you're right, though. Like it's. Um, with her have, being pregnant with Jaina and Jason just kind of doubled her, you know, her power level mm, at that yeah. point. You know, it was over 9,000, that kind of stuff. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean to make a joke. Ooh, it's all right. <laughs> um, kept it together. Now, you're all right. But uh, I'll I'll let you say your, your famous line now to uh, finish this, rather. To put a bow on it, as you like to say, I think uh, that pretty much covers everything that we wanted to go over today. Uh, you know, and there's obviously a lot more out there that we want to talk about, but for right now, I feel like that's a, a good long podcast and enough to kind of give you some information and just kind of go from where you want to go. And, yeah. you know, like I said, if you want to get at us, get us Facebook, let us know what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, hopefully you like this episode. I really like talking about it. And, uh, I mean, I had a great time. Did you have a great time? Eh, I thought it was a boring conversation. I bet you did. <laughs>